Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 4, 14 through 23, called A Fragrant Aroma. We are actually going to finish our verse-by-verse study of Philippians today, chapter 4. Verses 14 through 23, A Fragrant Aroma is the title. Uh, Once you've got it in front of you, if you're able to stand with us, would you stand for the reading of God's Word? Philippians 4, we're picking it up at verse 14. Those teenagers are a little too excited, I think. I don't know. But they did win the competition. Isn't that cool? So, yeah. Anyway, I knew we were all winners at Living Truth. Didn't you guys already know that? Nevertheless, Philippians 4, 14, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. I have received everything in full and have abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent. A fragrant aroma, there's our title, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory, be the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen. But just like a preacher, Paul's not done. He says, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Father, thank you so much for this wonderful congregation gathered on the Lord's day. We are gathered to hear from you. We are hungry for you, Lord. And thank you for the beautiful last section in the Philippian letter. We have enjoyed such a wonderful time in this letter. So many rich insights into our Christian walk into contentment, into how to overcome anxiety, how to run the race set before us as we look to you, Lord, how to live with purpose. And it seems like it's ended too quickly, Lord, but we're grateful for this last section and the beautiful images, the one that we've put in the title of a life as a sweet-smelling aroma to our God. We want to live in such a way that pleases you and we have some incredible insights into how to do that at the end of Philippians. And so, Father, our desire is to please you in all respects. So give us ears to hear what you would say to your people in this hour. May you be pleased in the way we both teach and respond to the word of God. And may you be glorified in this church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So a fragrant aroma, Paul will give us two major metaphors in the last section of Philippians, one from the business world, uh, the idea of investment in business, and one from the sacrificial world in the sense of the offering going up to God as a fragrant 
aroma to God. And Paul is really saying to the Philippian church, thank you. He's giving thanks to them. You can see it in verse 14. Nevertheless, you have done well or well done. We are all desirous to hear from Jesus on that day, that last day, if you will. Well done, good and faithful servant, right? So you have done well or well done, Philippians, to share with me in my affliction. Now, Paul is writing from Roman imprisonment, house arrest right now. But Paul had gone through a lot of affliction to get the gospel into regions like Philippi. And the Philippian church saw Paul's heart, his gospel compulsion, if you will, to get the uh, gospel out to the Roman world. And they were grateful. And one way that they showed their gratitude is in giving. Now, I say giving, and I can feel some people tensing up whether you're here or watching or will watch this later. And there's a reason for that. Because the naysayers of the Christian church have two primary critiques of us. One, they say the church is filled with a bunch of hypocrites. You've heard that before. And then the second thing that you'll hear is that they're only in it for the money. Well, I will tell you that though people will hang their hat on those excuses and we've probably given them a fair amount of fodder or reason to do so. Let's face it, we've had uh, you know, television preachers and people come from churches where they felt nothing but manipulated for their money. And on behalf of all pastors who are trying to do the right thing, I apologize if that's been your experience. Because it certainly has happened, and it's sad but the truth of the matter is that giving is a New Testament concept. And we open up our whole lives to God, our time, talent, and treasure unto our God. And there is balance in this particular teaching. It's not all about what we give. It's actually Paul's more concerned about an account that we have in heaven, and we just read about it, an account which continues to uh, multiply in interest and here's the truth of the matter. The only thing that you're going to send ahead to heaven is the money that you invested in the kingdom of God. Amen? Jesus, boy, that was a weak amen at the beginning. You're like, right, 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 right. <laughs> amen? amen? Now, Jesus said, store up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. The writer of Ecclesiastes, looking at it from the other side, lamented. It was Solomon at the end of his life. And he talked about how he pursued pleasure in, uh, you know, uh, the normal means of, uh, you know, the physical pleasures, the building projects, the, the, all the stuff. But here's what he said. He said, it's all vanity. It's all like chasing the wind. He said, because I'm going to leave it to somebody else. Everything I've built, everything I've invested in or, you know, projects that I thought out and spent years building, I'm going to leave it to somebody else and I don't know how they're going to take care of it. They, they may blow it in the first month. Who knows? You're not going to take any of it with you. The only money that you're going to send ahead or whatever else the Lord's going to do is what you invested in the kingdom of God. That's the only thing that's going to truly last. But the question becomes in the Christian church whether or not that's the reality of how I live 
in how you live. Whether or not my life is really kind of on that trajectory where I know what's going to truly last. We all say we believe in eternity, but I'm not sure we're preparing too well for it. I, we had an evangelism team that was going door to door some years back. And they came to a door with a young man who was uh, just off to college, and they began to engage him about the gospel and so forth. And he had everything planned out. He, he had his college. He knew what he was going to do for a living. He knew what he was going to do next, etc., etc., where he wanted to retire, etc. And one of the evangelists, prompted by the Holy Spirit, said, well, what are you going to do after you die? And it kind of rocked the young man's world. Because he had no, made no preparation for something that is an inevitable reality. <laughs> we all have a ticket that we're going to punch one day and we're going to end up in eternity, right? And so that's the truth of the matter. And Paul is really not pressuring the Philippian church. He's thanking them. And that's one thing that you need to see at the outset of this message. Paul is saying, thank you for sharing with me. I'm so grateful. And I will tell you that giving is a sign of spiritual health. It's really kind of an outgrowth of contentment. I came across this story. It's Miss, Mrs. Bertha Adams died alone in West Palm Beach, Florida on Easter Sunday. The coroner's report, report read, cause of death, malnutrition. She wasted away to 50 pounds. When the state authorities made their preliminary investigation of Mrs. Adams' home, they found a veritable pig pen. One said, the biggest mess you could ever imagine. One seasoned inspector declared he'd never seen a dwelling in greater disarray. The woman had begged for food from neighbors, back doors, gotten what clothing she could from the Salvation Army. From all outward appearances, she was penniless, a, re- a penniless recluse, a pitiful and forgotten widow. But such was not really the case. Amid the jumble of her unclean, disheveled belongings, the officials found two keys to safe deposit boxes at two different local banks. In the first box were over 700 AT&T stock certificates, plus hundreds of other valuable certificates, bonds, solid financial securities, not to mention a stack of cash amounting to nearly $200,000. The second box contained $600,000, adding the net worth of both boxes well over a million dollars. This is back in the day. Charles Osgood, reporting the story on CBS Radio, announced that the estate would probably go to a distant niece and nephew, neither of whom dreamed their aunt had a thin dime to her name. Can you imagine picking up the phone and hearing that you just inherited half a million Why, this writer says, I wouldn't know whether to shout glory, dance the jig, wind my watch, or whistle Dixie, or sing the doxology. You can count on this, friend. Those two relatives are awfully glad Aunt Bertha still had their names lying around. But don't you wonder about this woman? Why, oh why, would anybody salt away that bread in two tiny boxes month after month, year after year, and refuse to spend even enough food to stay alive? Fact is, Bertha Adams wasn't saving her money, says this writer. She was worshiping it, hoarding it, gaining a twisted satisfaction out of watching the stacks grow higher as she shuffled along the streets wearing the garb of a beggar. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? 
Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hello, I'm Rob Newton, producer of Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. Thank you to all our Walk in Truth partners for your financial support. We are over halfway through this year and you have raised over $30,000 to support our mission of being on the radio and podcast equipping people with God's truth. Now, we have more opportunities to broadcast Walk in Truth on more radio stations. That means we can serve more communities with Pastor Michael's unique way of teaching through the Bible. Radio is still strongly used by people all over the world. Not everyone gets to use podcasts and stream on their phone, but radio in a car or at home is still free for listeners. Most listeners who reach out to Walk in Truth are listening on the radio. Now our audience is growing, and so are the opportunities. We would love to expand the program, and we need your help to do it. It costs thousands of dollars for airtime, and we could use more Walk in Truth partners. Are you blessed by Pastor Michael's teachings? Are you learning? Are you being challenged? We hope to reach more people like you. Would you please consider becoming a $20 monthly Walk in Truth partner? We are looking for at least 200 more listeners to help continue our mission to equip the body of Christ. Right now, our church and current Walk in Truth partners help pay the bills, but we would like to become fully funded by listeners. This will make it so what we have from the church can be used for expansion. Please sign up to become a Walk in Truth partner on walkintruth.com and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. Again, become a $20 monthly partner by visiting walkintruth.com and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Says this writer, she was worshiping it, hoarding it, gaining a twisted satisfaction out of watching the stacks grow higher as she shuffled along the streets wearing the garb of a beggar. And somehow, some way, we can get the idea that if we just continue to stack wealth here, we're doing great. And we might get so weird about it, so miserly about it, that it becomes literally our God, the God of mammon. Some of you have heard about Howard Hughes, and he was one of the wealthiest people in the world. He was a recluse, kind of a weird guy. And at the end of his life, he knew he was dying And he went into a a total uh, recluse state, didn't cut his hair, his fingernails. I think his sheets were changed a handful of times in two years. He wrote letters to a business partner with the weirdest stuff about how to fold a napkin or handle something with a tissue. It was bizarre. He had literally lost his mind. And he was so concerned about his stuff. He couldn't sleep at night because he was worried about his stuff. He wasn't free. He was literally enslaved to his stuff. Now, the Lord wants us to be free, free to give, free to give our lives, our time, our talent, and our treasure to what will really last. And I do think that the devil's done a great job in the professing Christian church of turning many people off 
even to the idea of giving. I'll give you an example. Sometimes pastors have come out, I don't know if they mean well, understand this or not, and they'll try to put New Testament Christians under the Malachi curse from Malachi chapter 3. Or, if you are an Italian, the Malachi curse. (laughs) Malachi 3 was not written to the New Testament church. It was written to Old Testament Israel. And if you lived in Old Testament Israel, if you're going to give a tithe, a tithe was 23 and a third percent of your income. Because there were three different tithes, and one tithe for the poor was once every three years. It amounted to almost one quarter of your income. Now, if some of you want to come back under the law, talk to us after the service. You know, we'll, we'll be on board. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but what happens is they'll say something like this to people. Unless you tithe, you're under the curse of Malachi. That is a lie. Because Jesus Christ became a curse for us on the cross, that the curse would be reversed and we would be free in Jesus. You are under no curse, my brother, my sister. Don't let anybody do that nonsense to you. However, I will say this. The principle of the tithe is a pretty good thing to think about in it that it's a good place perhaps for you to start thinking about giving. But you are not under the law. You are under what? You are under grace. The Lord doesn't want your obligatory percentages. He wants your life. He does, he's not impressed with the writing of checks as much as he is with the openness of one's heart. He said to Old Testament Israel, don't offer me one more sacrifice because I know how you're doing it. You're doing it to perhaps appease me or whatever you're doing, but your heart's not in it. Don't offer one more bull, one more sacrifice. Don't do it because your hearts are far away from me. Any obligatory giving in the kingdom of God is not God's heart for you. What God wants is an open life. He wants us to be so grateful for the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ that God so loved the world that he gave. God is a giver. And when we give, we show the heart of God. And I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about your investment in people, your investment in the kingdom of God, your investment in using your spiritual gifts, in prioritizing, attending worship services, etc., this, is, this says a lot about our lives, about what's really important to me, not some obligatory thing that someone forces me to do that makes me think I'm in good standing with God. Now, uh, in, the, in the approach, if you go to 1 Corinthians, just a few pages back, of living truth, I want to share something with you that we decided some years back. Because there's so much manipulation around the topic of giving, We have attempted as a leadership team at Living Truth, and you may not have known this, but I'm going to let you in on the secret, to distance ourselves as much as possible from that kind of stuff. And so what we've attempted to do is we only teach on giving when we're in a, uh, the topic of giving is we teach through the Bible. And it doesn't come up very often as you teach through the Bible. It's really just a handful of texts. So that's why you don't hear me talk about it much. We don't do special giving Sundays. We don't do Sundays where we take triple offerings or anything like that. Now the next offering is for the, you know, the 
the sewing ministry or whatever. We don't do that, even though I know that would be, (laughs) never mind. Anyway, you get the point. We have attempted to distance ourselves from that stuff because we don't want to stumble anybody. Now, take a look at 1 Corinthians 9. This is what Paul said. He was applauding the Philippian church, but he had some issues with the Corinthian church. Notice, 1 Corinthians 9, 11 says, If we sowed spiritual things in you, is it too much that we should reap material things from you? 1 Corinthians 9, 12. If others share the right over you, do we not more? Nevertheless, we did not use this right, but we endure all things that we may cause no hindrance to the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who perform sacred services eat the food of the temple? We're going to go to an Old Testament text which has a lot to do with this in a moment. Those who attend regularly to the altar have their share with the altar. So also the Lord directed those who proclaim the gospel to get their living from the gospel. But, says Paul, I have used none of these things, and I'm not writing these things that it may be done so in my case. For it would be better for me to die than have any man make my boast an empty one. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for I'm under compulsion. For woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. You've been listening to A Fragrant Aroma, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 4, 14 through 23. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, are you in need of prayer or guidance? Sometimes getting through the week has its challenges, and we have pastors ready to hear what you have to say. Whatever you're going through, please call us. Walk in Truth has pastors on staff ready to talk to you Tuesdays through Fridays during normal daytime business hours. Please call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, maybe you would say, I have a real hard time hearing pastors talk about money and giving in the church, and I don't blame you, because really it has been abused in many circles of the professing church. I will tell you right here at Walk in Truth or at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where you're hearing sermons from that pulpit in the city of Corona, we really only talk about this issue when it comes up in the Bible. And frankly, it doesn't come up a whole lot. I know the topic does come up, but my point is that the subject of giving to the Lord's work is not, uh, there's not a ton of passages on it. This is one of them. And What does it say? It says that when you give with the right heart, when you give to the work of the Lord, it's a sweet-smelling aroma to our God. He is pleased with such sacrifices. Now, he doesn't want you to give out of obligation, not because your arm was twisted. We know 2 Corinthians 9 deals with that very clearly. Not out of manipulation. Leaders, First Peter 5, should never manipulate people into giving. But rather, people who say, you know what? I want to give to what's going to last, what will last for eternity. They're moved to give. That's why you should give. Because you've purposed in your heart that you're in agreement with this and you believe that this will honor God. And our Walk in Truth partners are doing just that. These are folks that give monthly to this broadcast to help us spread out. 
to the, to other states, other radio stations to reach more people via podcast. And I'd like to give a shout out to Janice, Javier, Angelica, Joseph, Heather, Joy, and many others. Thank you all for your prayers, praying a covering over this ministry, praying blessing over it, and forgiving financially because radio time does cost money. It's not cheap, but it has a huge impact. And the only way we've gotten an opportunity to meet is because of this forum of radio, this medium, if you will. And it's beautiful. And some of you I know, I know some folks who listen to this broadcast who are in other states and they're, uh, you know, I, I know them personally. Many of you, I will not ever know this side of heaven. Some of you attend Living Truth in Corona. But wherever you may be, wherever you live, thank you from the bottom of my heart and our hearts for partnering with us. You know, I've read a, a pretty long list of names over the last couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm truly grateful and humbled by your support of this ministry. Thank you so much. Hey, as a thank you, we are working on a big project. It's, it's exclusive to our Walk in Truth partners. That is, we want to bless you for blessing us. And it's coming soon, and we'll uh, let you know more about it. Hey, if you want to find out more about how to become a Walk in Truth partner, again, it's walkintruth.com. We'll do part two of our fragrant aroma right here on Friday. We'll see you here. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 4, 14 through 23, called A Fragrant Aroma. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.